The 100 Stop series created by hundreds and hundreds of authors. The 100 No-Nonsense book for teachers to stop doing certain things just came out in May. And other books are coming. The 100 No-Nonsense books for school leaders and parents and students written by students and school board members and politicians and even international schools. What are the things we can stop doing to still celebrate teaching and all be on the same page for education? Follow hashtag 100 Stop Series. We appreciate everything that you do and thank you for your service to kids. engagement, rigor, success. Here on Coaching You Through All Things Education Podcast, we are building a legacy of success together. One episode at a time, each Tuesday at noon. As your host, Anne Labangana Clay of ANC Unlimited, We will unpack relevant topics in education together. And when I'm not podcasting, coaching, or consulting, stop by our website, acunlimited.org, for our new blog, Coaching You EDU, and a menu of services. If something resonates with you during this episode, message me on the podcast app of your choice, or leave a comment on LinkedIn, our company Facebook page, or on Twitter. Our guests appreciate your feedback. Check out the story notes for our social media details. And certainly, if you have an episode suggestion, send it to coachingallthingsedu at gmail.com. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 46 of Coaching You Through All Things Education Podcast, as we continue our series entitled PD in Your Pocket, where we unpack key do's or don'ts from the hashtag 100 stop series in 30 minutes or less. We are so excited to have with us Carrie Labarge. Carrie is an early learning specialist for the Hernando County School District in Florida, a compassionate educator and a collaborative author of chapter 45 in the hashtag 100 Stop series book, 100 No-Nonsense Things That All Teachers Should Stop Doing. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yes, wonderful. Well, please tell us about you and the work that you do. So I am an early learning specialist for Hernando County School District. And basically what that means is that I um, help our families um, navigate their way through the VPK program. In Florida, you are allowed three hours free of VPK. The state gives them three three hours free um and that gets out 
outsourced to private providers, daycares and churches and things, but we have decided as a district um, to offer it and be a provider ourselves. And we offer a full day program because we collaborate with Title I funds um, so that they can have a full day program because that's most conducive to our families. A lot of our families are working families. So to drop them off from nine to 12 or from one to four isn't conducive. So we give them an all day free program. Um, we collaborate with other funding sources. So I coordinate all of that. And I also work with our ESE department um, for getting students extra help if that's what they need. And um, this is something new that we're doing this year, this VPK Title I program, and we're hoping to expand. Um, I love what I do. I also support our teachers that are instructing. So I go into classrooms and making sure they're following our VPK standards, our curriculum, um, that families are informed that VPK, um, voluntary pre-K is not... Um, child care, that it is really those early learning foundations that are so, so important that um, we see, especially in third grade, when um, they take those state tests, um, that they're far behind. And it was because they were far behind before they even got into kindergarten. So that just gives them a little bit more of a foundation for that. And we are in an incredible year where everything's changed. Um, COVID and everything else, um, that we will have a pre, starting the 2022-23 school year in Florida, we'll have a pre-K through eight progress monitoring assessment. Wow. So we've done away with those um, every day, every week, I'm sorry, every year testing um, to see where students are. We're going to test them in pre-K and move them through eighth grade. And, and we're really hoping to um, close some achievement gaps and um, just really give them the same opportunity. Every time we look at data each year, it's a different set of kids. So if I taught fourth grade last year, then I'm evaluated on how my students do the following year and it's just a different set of children. So um, our governor has decided it would be a better way to go as far as having a continuing progress monitoring tool and that'll help us close some gaps that are there. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> very inspiring. You know, I'm here in Delaware, a uh, much smaller state naturally, um, but, you know, I love the fact that it's governor on down, you know, with this um, initiative that will hopefully give a clearer picture, uh, like you said, or a more accurate picture of each student. Um, Absolutely. Like you said, that data carries on so that that next teacher has data from the year before and then and, and, um, data from the current year to make comparisons. But like you said, the gaps, and uh, we like to say opportunity, right? Opportunity gaps. We want to close those. Uh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of amazing things that are going on in Hernando County, especially with early learning, because that's really the push in our state. And I think nationally is really the push right now, mm -hmm. um, that early learning. Um, and I was, we were talking last week that the children that are in our pre-K, which are the four-year-olds, so they'll go to kindergarten in August that are in our program right now. Yeah. Um, they have to be four by September 1st of the year prior they go to kindergarten. They have, they were three 
or I'm sorry, two, when all of this COVID went on and we're really starting to see that it's been so difficult for them to sure. socialize. You know, they haven't gone to the park. They haven't gone to mommy toddler time at the library. You know, they, so we're really starting. I'm assuming that we're going to continue to see that. And so having these opportunities in our county that our school district is part of, um, that means that there's those children that'll go into our kindergarten classes and whether they're in the same school that they attended pre-K or not, we have to learn and, and we're creating a culture that these are all of our children. They might start at ABC right. school across one, uh, you know, in one part of our county, but they're going to show up someplace else in another part of our county. And then collectively as a district, it's so important that we capture that. And it's not just our children at one school it has to be all of our children in our district. Oh, I love it. Yes. Like you said, they're all our students, right? Um, that I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> My goodness. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your chapter in 100 No-Nonsense Things That All Teachers Should Stop Doing. You wrote chapter 45. I did. I did. Stop escalating student misbehavior. Mm. Yes. Yes. This is a hot topic in our it is. across mm -hmm. the country right now. One of the subtitles in your chapters is Three Strikes and You're Out. Please unpack this for us and share why you picked this topic to write about. So I chose this topic just because I support teachers and, and I always promised myself that when I stepped out of a classroom, I would never forget what it was like in a classroom. And I think as a leader, you have to make sure you do that. Um, and I feel like we do that um, in general with people, but we're adults. And, you know, I never know how many times, I don't know what your day was like. Today is Monday. I don't know what you went through today. I have no idea. So if I had started this podcast with, oh my gosh, my day was terrible. You know, that doesn't give you, I don't respect you. Um, and, and I think that we as adults have those tools to be able to overcome a lot of things that happen. But then when you look at like those little people who they don't have those tools. They've, they're four, they're five. Some of them are in high school and they just don't have those tools. And they're really looking for us, the adults, to help them with those tools. So for instance, you know, in my chapter, I talk about, you know, the little boy that, you know, gets out of the car. He dumps his, his lunchbox all over. The person who's the, the faculty members getting him out of the car, you know, is like, oh my gosh, here you are again. And, you know, mom's screaming at him. And so he started his day like that. And, and we have no idea what happened even before he got there. So, you know, that's strike one. And, and not that kids, I think, keep track, but I would venture to guess that if you asked them what went wrong today, they would list 7,000 things. And if you ask them what went right today, they might not be as inclined to rattle them off as quickly, you know, and then I go on to, you know, yeah, he has this yeah. lunchbox and everything tumbles out and, you know, and, and he goes to get his homework papers and they're, they're wet. And, and the teacher is like, Oh gosh, there you go. You know, you're, you're, you know, and just having that respect. And, and then I go, and that was strike 
too. And that goes on again to say that, you know, now he's going to the, to, to lunch and he's take this same stinking lunchbox and it's dripping. And, you know, some teacher has a snide comment as they meet in the hall. Oh, there's Johnny, you know, he's got the dripping lunchbox and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and little, little pictures have big ears. You know, I think sometimes we say things under our breath, right? And those kids hear it. They absolutely hear it. And whether they hear it and react to it or not, they hear it and their little brains hear it. Um, and I, and I, one thing that I think that's important that we realize is that you and I as adults wouldn't talk to each other like that, nor would we tolerate being talked to that way. And if we did, I would expect that you would say something. If I said something very sarcastic or mean or something that just hit you the wrong way, I would expect as an adult, you would say something to me, but children, you know, they try to do that. And, and sometimes as adults, we, we, are angry with them. They're like, oh, well, you're the child and I'm the adult. And we just need to, not that we don't have to have that authoritative figure, but we also have to get down on their level mm. and realize that they're little people. Um, and they've had a lot of trauma. There's been a lot of trauma these last couple of years for them. As the, you know, we've all been through it, right? And I think if we just kind of meet each other where we're at, um, I never know how many times you've been shaken before you meet me. Like if I have a soda can, that's something I write in my oh, chapter too. Love it. Yes. Um, if I have a soda can and I've been shaking it 15 times and then I meet you and I'm like, hey, you want to open this? You have no idea if I've shaken it or if I haven't shaken it. And who wants that mess? Nobody wants that mess. Right. So I think that just really, really um, being there. And I think the other thing that's important is that we ask for help. You know, we are all at critical mass sometimes. Sometimes we are, but I am certain that there are people whom would welcome someone saying, hey, you know what, I just need to, I need to tap out. I need five minutes. Someone just give me five minutes so I can get myself under control. And I don't know, kids, we give them, we give them those opportunities in the corner to like, to be able to have like that calming and that, you know, giving them those opportunities and those tools, they don't know what's affecting and how it's affecting them. And it's up to us as the adults to be able to to help them settle that. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, you spoke about several things. You, I mean, your examples from the chapter are so telling. You know, I can visualize um, that child with their lunchbox and everything just falling out and how they feel, you know, about it already kind of miserable, right? About that, just that experience. And then on top of that, you have adults that are caring, right? Or supposed to be caring and 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 showing you compassion who are not um you know on and on and on and then your example of the um the soda can um you know or the pop can (laughs) depending on where you are in the country right um you know and that whole thing of it's been shaken you know but we don't know from the outside whether that can has been shaken or not you know um and so just setting you know setting somebody off you know we usually say it like that um we never know when that might happen and so we need to what i'm hearing the word that keeps coming to mind when you're giving all these examples is that we need to be compassionate absolutely about our students and 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 with our adults you know as well um you know like you said we wouldn't say that or we wouldn't use that same language with adults but it happens we think those things or we you know have these um 
you know, just different scenarios that might make other adults around us uncomfortable, but our students particularly, um, you know, need us to be advocates for them, you know. And then we expect them to learn. We accept, well, we expect them to be so uncomfortable right. and so exactly. like shaken up and we're like, oh, and by the way, take all of this information that I'm giving it to you and you'd best do well on the test because, exactly. you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like the, they're children, they're little yeah. children. Um, and we as adults are able to say no thank you or no we're not going to do that or you know i'm not really good at saying no all the time but you know and i think in general most teachers aren't we're like let me do more let me do more children right. just they get to a point and they sometimes their behavior um and how they're feeling comes out wrong and it comes out mm -hmm. negative and and it comes out disrespectful as the adult yes. we find it that it's disrespectful and it's not disrespectful they're just really trying to to, to cry out and they don't have the words and they can't say, excuse me, you're not treating me correctly. Like no child, <laughs> no child right. says that. Right. So it comes out with it chairs being outside. thrown or papers being tossed or, or right. something. And, and then, you know, principals are called and administration is called and then the child feels worse. And it's just this, this, this escalating behavior that we as adults have absolute control of for them. That's it. You made, that's an excellent point. You know, we can stop it before it gets started, right? Um, you know, wow, that's, that's, that's really good food thought. Um, you know, we say things, we do things, and it has this huge ripple effect where it, in the reality, as educators, we want to have the opposite effect on students, right? We want to be this positive influence in this you know, I mean, that's what we all go, right, to uh, school for is to, you know, to teach and to be a positive force in a student's life. And, and we end up being the opposite. And, you know, and like you said, how many students, they might not vocalize it, but how many students. Comes out somehow. Yeah, exactly. It comes out somehow. And they might remember that situation for years to come, you know, and that's painful to think about. So absolutely be conscientious about what we're saying, right, and what we're doing um, around students and think about, you know, being more compassionate. Wow. Lots of food for thought, Carrie. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Can you give our listening audience three takeaways or strategies for their career as they continue into the school year? I think um, now that new semester has started, mm -hmm. I'm a big deposit before withdrawal person. Yeah. If I am a teacher, I had best call home or dojo home or text home. Three or four amazing things that that student is doing before I have to say, oh, and Mrs. Smith, Johnny is, you know, not doing what he or she, what he needs to do. Um, I'm a, like, that's a definite one. And especially like when you start your school year, developing that relationship with that family. And we all know that we look at their pink and blue cards or their QM files and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so-and-so and here they come and they've given everybody a problem, but you can be the person that changes that trajectory of that relationship. Yes. Um, so that's one, like deposit, deposit first, like Love at least three or four deposits before you pull a withdrawal. 
you know, um, to um, meet a child where they're at. Like if you're in, you're in the intermediate or upper grades, sometimes just slipping a note and saying, hey, I'm not really sure what's going on with you, but come and talk to me after class or, hey, you know, when you said X, Y, and Z, that might have been that might have taken someone's might have been offensive but when you're when you react to something that a student does i don't care if they're four or they're 17 when you react as the adults even though they're 17 years old you're still the wiser you need to be able to um do it respectfully and, you know, I think there's this big thing that, you know, I'm the teacher and you're the student, that's fine, but we're both human beings and we need to respect one another. And that goes a long, long way. Um, and I think the third thing is if you don't like children, please don't teach. <laughs> like if you really, really <laughs> don't like them, right? And you cannot, you cannot put your head on your pillow at night and know that you might have had a really crummy day, which probably wasn't a full day. It was probably a couple minutes here and there. It wasn't a full crummy day. Most of the time we don't, but we're just like, oh, I had a bad day. And if you say, oh, how bad was your day? Nine times out of 10, it was 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. It wasn't even a full hour of a bad day. Right. Um, and you know, if you don't like children, please find a different profession. That is true, though. You know, don't. Um, and if you can't go to work each morning um, with, with the ability to set aside your differences and set aside what's going on within you, yes. um, you find something else to do. And I know that sounds so harsh. <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't even know if that person even likes children. Like, and if I have to ask that, then I'm a little concerned. Yes. <laughs> and if you, you know, if you would not feel comfortable about having your child in your class, that, mm, there was a time we have four children and I was doing, <laughs> I was doing homework with with one of them, I can't recall now because they're much older, but, and I ho I hollered at the top of my lungs and I threw my hands up and I was ugly. Oh. And my husband said, Carrie, would you have ever treated your students like that? And I said, oh, no. And he said, oh, then don't treat our children like that. And I was just so, I was, you know, and, and, he, and he said it with love and absolute, yes. you know, caring. But I was like, oh, now that doesn't mean that I didn't holler at them ever again. But just something <laughs> I kept in mind because it was important. Like I would never have dreamed of speaking to my children like that. So why would I treat my children like that? So if I can't be the teacher that I would want my kids in that class, then I shouldn't be teaching. No, and that's that's an excellent, and that's hard for some people to hear, you know, um, you know, because unfortunately, right, we have uh, teachers across the country who um, make a choice to become a teacher, but it might not be a good fit, right? It right, might be a good fit, but you know, it's better to hear it now. And then yeah, yeah. have that where we talk about that ripple effect than to have that negative ripple effect on anyone else and particularly you know like it makes you wonder does that does that educator feel 
you know, do they feel guilty or whatever? I mean, you know, about about how they're treating students. Um, so, and if they don't feel guilty, there's a bigger problem. Like if I, I was if, say that you know, another. <laughs> That's a different I don't know what kind of conversation that is, but yikes. Let's unpack you on podcast. No I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no kidding. kidding. Like, no, but hey, how'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> that is what went well? What has improved? <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but it's so true. You know, we have to be reflective. Um, like you said, we all we're all human, right? we're all human it happens we make a mistake if we can fix it then we fix it you know if it's not if it's not the career move for us then we should not do it um and so oh wow those were great three takeaways um for folks i'm sure our listening audience right took them all in and is wondering hmm, what should i do you know and that's okay because that's the whole point um we need to, what is it, change the narrative, as one of my uh, colleagues likes to say, or disrupt, you know, things. Um, Sometimes that- when you're uncomfortable, that's when you do your most growing. I always told my children, you know, when they were going through my own children, and even my students, when you're going through the, you know, you never see fruit trees on the top of mountains. You see them in the valley where the, the, the ground is most fertile. Yes, um, yes. And, and it's the most difficult, you know, that's where, where it's just kind of, ugh, it's gross down there, but that's where everything grows. Hey, <laughs> and so that's an excellent illustration. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this question is trending on the show. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what legacy message would you print on it and why? So I thought about that. I would need a big billboard because I'm wordy, but um, <laughs> um, I wrote, don't shake anyone un- when they encounter you unless you are for sure they won't explode because they have been, they hadn't been shaken a thousand times before they encounter you. So pretty much just mm-hmm. don't, Love it. Unless you're absolutely sure that that person has had the most stellar day and nothing has gone wrong and they haven't spilled coffee down the front of them and the dog didn't run out and they had to chase the dog and they weren't late for work and their child forgot their homework. And <laughs> unless you are absolutely sure that that person, that they got a great night's sleep and I'm pretty confident someone has had some kind of interruption in their sure. perfect day that they expected was going to happen. If you're a hundred percent, if you're not a hundred percent sure that that happened then you need to like meet them with grace and mercy uh, <laughs> no, but that's sure though right and we have to i know you could probably well we're we're, <laughs> we're not on we're not visual um excuse me we're not on audio but behind me uh it says embrace grace you know because mm-hmm. the, that is so important, you know, grace for others, right? Giving grace uh, for others, giving grace to yourself, right? I mean, we are, like I said, we're humans. Uh, there's so much. And I love what you said. I mean, I love it because I can say, where, where is the end of this list? But there isn't probably an end of a list. We're not going to get to the point where somebody is not experiencing something that did not go the way they planned. 
right? I mean, we're for sure, for sure. Life is is just how absolutely. So that means don't poke the bear, right? That's just what that means. Don't do it. Just give grace, embrace grace. Um, You know, humans first, right? Um, all of those things are so important. I love your billboard. Could you read it one more time? Do you mind? Oh gosh. <laughs> it was don't don't shake anyone when they encounter you unless you know for sure they won't implode explode because they haven't been shaken a thousand times before they encountered you. Wow. Mm, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Carrie, I tell you. Oh, you have really brought a lot to the table. Um, you know, myself, listening audience, reflecting, being reflective of what we need to do, be intentional um, when we interact with others, particularly our students, right? Because that's absolutely. Um, wow. I'm, I'm just in awe, actually, of, it, of that last statement. That That quote is just all-encompassing and we and we have to do better we do absolutely we do need to do better so all right well thank you so much for thank you for having me how fun how fun thank you so much trying to connect for a minute so (laughs) i'm really excited to have her on today thank you thank you oh Well, that concludes another episode of Coaching You Through All Things Education. As Confucius states, those people who develop the ability to continuously acquire new and better forms of knowledge that they can apply to their work and into their lives will be the movers and shakers in our society for the indefinite future. Again, you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter, or you can also find us on our Facebook page, A&C Unlimited. As a reminder, for a free consultation in any area of education that you choose, for educators, administrators, or parents, please visit acunlimited.org. Until next time, stay stress-free and be well. Are you ready to join the billion-dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO, Antoinette Blake. And her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 
302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. 